inventories in America. With over 500 trucks available and on sale. Or their award-winning sales team with years of experience who knows these trucks inside and out. Every day when businesses or customers need a truck, they choose Brandon Ford. Because Brandon Ford stocks more, sells more, and sells for less. So when you're ready for a truck, come see us at Highway 60 and 301 in Tampa. The largest volume Ford F-Series dealer in the entire southeastern United States. 24-7 at BrandonFord.com. If you want to pay less for a Ford truck, that's our business. As hunters, we all know that planting a food plot in Florida is hard work and takes tons of water, fertilizer, and time just to keep it alive. Well, now there's a product that can make growing big deer on your hunting property as easy as unloading your cooler. It's Horn Max 20 Super Pro Mineral and Super Max 20 Super Molasses Block. This stuff is amazing for growing huge deer, and of course, your Florida deer will get all the trace minerals, protein, and amino acids needed for optimal nutrition in bucks, lactation in does, and fawn growth. Check out the full line of Horn Max 20 today at Florida Mineral online.net or click the link at bigandwild.com. The Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation serves our nation's combat wounded Purple Heart recipients by helping heal the invisible wounds of war. We provide world-class outdoor sporting opportunities that honor, connect, and heal our military heroes through the power of the great outdoors. Your support helps restore their independence, promotes connections with communities, and builds hope. To learn more about how you can help, please visit us on the web at wwia.org. The Big and Wild Outdoors invites you to discover Fishhawk Sporting Clays. It's 77 acres of first-class comfort and hospitality for your personal sports shooting as well as corporate and public events. The Fishhawk staff is always ready to set you and your family up for a memorable day of dusting clays. Conveniently located in Lithia, about 20 miles from downtown Tampa and less than 8 miles from Brandon and is open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday. Fishhawk Sporting Clays offers four-person shooting carts, 12- and 20-gauge shotgun rentals, and the club also features a large covered pavilion with plenty of seating for your next big get-together. Fishhawk will happily host birthday parties, bachelor and bachelorette parties, team-building groups, family reunions, or any group of people who'd like to get together and have fun. For more information, go to fishhawkshootingclays.com. That's fishhawkshootingclays.com. And be sure to check out the events page for clinics and classes available throughout the year. Come on, boys! From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Spring Gun, Bill George, and uh, Casey. I'm, I'm waiting for him to wake up. He's over there in La La Land. Casey. He's like, you Casey see the Kentucky. He was so penitent. Yeah, I, he was like, just leaned over like. I was going to let so, you do the honors, but, so you if know. I, uh, so if I mix the molecular structure of it. I mean, he was over there like in deep thought. There is yeah. a science. For running this board, is it's, that it's what a it is? Science, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. it involves this. <laughs> so anyway, welcome in everybody. He Hour said, number two. He says, I, "I wonder if McDonald's has switched over to their lunch today yet." <laughs> uh, good news is, I uh, got an email from our our good friend uh, uh, Vincenzo. He says uh, his test is negative. Negative. No, so no COVID for him. No COVID, so that's all good. 
He goes, of course, I got it in my email this morning, so uh, whatever. So That's he's coming good. in, right? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell him yeah. to get his, get his butt here. Yeah. You got an hour. Get in the shower. Hurry up and pick up some food on the way. Well, uh, anyway, so that's good news that we got from that. Before the top of the hour break, we were talking about uh, the folks that clean their animals. You clean your own. You do that kind of stuff. By the way, Al's Wild Meats does not clean your critters. Yeah, it doesn't dehyde them. It doesn't yeah. clean them. It doesn't gut them. It doesn't all that stuff. You can bring it to them quartered and in a cooler and all that stuff, but do not go drop off uh, a headless, legless uh, hide-on carcass because they'll get a call back and they'll go, boy, you need to come back over here and clean the old deer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're he, not going to do it right off the bat. Back in the early days, I do believe he did that, but they they just have too much now. Too overwhelmed these days. Well, but, when you add that many other processes that he does, where he's got the smokehouse going, he's got uh, he's got the he's making bacon. It's like you said earlier. You got twenty five, thirty people there, all doing different jobs. It's not like you know it used to be where you know he did it on the side and did it with a couple of buddies, and then next thing you know, it just turned into a nightmare. <laughs> But but I know it, before the break we were talking about cleaning the animals and, and whatnot. It is important to have somebody help show you sometimes and and be there when you actually start cutting on a deer uh, or a pig or anything else. Or a squirrel or a rabbit or anything. It doesn't matter. There's There's a trick to just about everything. A lot of people, you know, raccoons, you got to remember raccoons have, uh, you know, certain scent glands and things that you have to get around. Same with beavers and all that kind of stuff with the caster. And uh, if you just get in there willy nilly like you saw it on YouTube uh, and then you go to cook it up, you're like, why does this taste like uh, shoe polish and nastiness? Yeah. (laughs) But I I know when when we did the bees pig we turned around i'd do part of a one side and have him work on the other side and it's it's amazing i i, I process a lot of animals over the years and and, it, and that, that the first time you do that it's amazing how that sticks in your brain because um that experience that not only the experience of first time shooting a hog but then the first time of actually cleaning a hog with his hands and all that stuff and if you noticed both my daughter and my son, once you get them started, they get very enthusiastic about finishing it up and get in there and seeing what they can do. And then, then all the, what is that? What does this do? What is this thing? What in the world is that? You know, it's, there's a, it's a, it's a learning process that you just cannot get by watching uh, some fat guy in the Northern woods uh, trying to keep his gag reflex down while our buddies are laughing at him. He's trying to clean a deer. It just it's just not the same experience, you know, and uh, I think that it leaves a stronger imprint on you when you do that. I I can still close my eyes and in my mind, I can see my father the first time he actually showed me how to do uh, how to clean a squirrel the first time. Uh, The old fashioned way where you go up the belly and up the arms, almost like you would do a deer kind of thing. And then he showed me the one where you just make the cut in the back and you put your two fingers yeah. in and pull them off like a T-shirt on. And I thought it was just like the most miraculous, craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. this is How do you do? Holy crud, it took you like 30 seconds. It's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that's if you're not keeping the hides and all that other kind of stuff like that, you know? So sure. Uh, as a kid, you Which- know. 
I always skinned them out the way that you did the old-fashioned way, and I'd you know, tack them on a board, skin them out, do all that. You know, we haven't talked about it this year, but uh, I'm sure MEPS is probably doing their, their squirrel tails. Oh, they always do. They do. Yeah. But but I will tell you, if you ever, you know, you, you're talking about skinning. If you take that squirrel tail and you pull that, that tail out of mm-hmm. it, it leaves this little tube behind. If you put that on a antenna, and it dries. It'll stay there for ever. <laughs> and then once the fur actually goes off, you have this weird-looking hide that's just uh, permanently affixed to the end of your antenna. It, 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 it will be there a very long time. It tightens up on there, and it doesn't matter how much it rains. It's it's there. You know, in the old days, uh, when you first get the, used to do the squirrel tails, you just put a pile of salt, just dip the end of it in there, and, and I used to do it that way. But then... Same with deer tails or whatever, but then I started splitting them down the middle, removing that bone, sure, taking it out, and then because there's a lot of fat in there that takes a while to unrancid, you know, kind of mm-hmm. make sure you got to get all that moisture out of there, kind of thing. It, uh, but again, I'm talking about from experience because of something that my father showed me, not because of something that I learned on YouTube or on a DVD. Same thing with cleaning a fish. The first time Barrett tried to do it. He's like, Dad, I really, I, I screwed this up. If, if Michael's dad hadn't come down, I'd <laughs> just been like chunks of fish everywhere. It would have been horrible. And sat there, he brought in a couple sheep's heads, showed him how to do it in the kitchen. Da-da-da-da-da. Next thing you know, whoosh, whoosh, no problem anymore. Boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. Now that once you well, got to know, you got to know. It was funny because I mentioned I was in the woods last weekend, and I was I was taking some asphalt, not asphalt, some bricks out and put them in some mud holes to make it easier to get back to the property that we have in a uh, wildlife management area. And I'm sitting there putting bricks in the in the mud, and this guy comes sneaking down the trail, blaze orange, no gun, no nothing. He looks at me and says, are we allowed to be here? And I'm like, yeah. Who's we? And I'm looking, and there's nobody else there. I said, you're in the wildlife management area. If you go back far enough, there's private property. Uh, it's marked. You can't be on the private property, but this is the wildlife management area. You're free to be here, hunt, do what you want to do. And he waves to some up. There was four of them, but they sent one guy up <laughs> to find out first if it was legal to be here. They had come from up north. They had not hunted in Florida much. They all had on brand new blaze orange uh-huh. vests, just l- look green. But I tried to, yeah, you're you're welcome to be here. There's, you know... As long as they have proper licensing. Yeah. No, they had, they had that. But the, when they saw a person in a car down a road that they thought they couldn't be down, you know, they were like, eh. Send a scout. Yeah. Let me <laughs> send somebody over there. And they sent the older, more wise one with no gun. Right, yeah. <laughs> don't, but Bill, don't take your gun, Bill. Don't take your gun. That guy out here in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. But well, were they out there squirrel hunting? They were out there for hogs. They, they were, were they? out there for hogs or deer. They they were new. They obviously had not hunted much in the state of Florida. And from the looks of it, they hadn't hunted much at all. Um, so I tried to be very nice, very helpful. You know, give them a little bit of advice and and whatnot. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll continue to be out there. You know, you we, scared the crud out of them, Bill. Good for you. Uh, maybe. Where they actually had to send somebody up first to go. No, you so, go. No, I'm not going to go. That guy looks mean. No, you go. He's got a Hawaiian shirt on. He's probably nice. Go talk to him. 
I probably did have a Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> he's, out, he's out here paving the roads for us. I, I've it's been saving good. a new one of my new Christmas ones for Vince. It is bright. Is it? Oh, it's bright. Well, hopefully you can wear it next weekend or uh, when we're out broadcasting live up at the shoot. That way we can find you. Yes. Oh, you will have no problem. Amongst all the other uh, folks that are out there. He'll be easy to spot. Just look for the fluorescent pink or whatever it is. And that, that shoot is the second annual Hooked 20, on Hope. 22nd of January next weekend. So it'll be a good time had by all. Yeah. We're going to be out there broadcasting live. I think Steve's going to show up. Uh, you know, the whole Hee Haw gang's going to be out there. So it'll, it'll be fun. Brooksy will be out there. Lori's going to be out there with her team, all that kind of good stuff. So we'll see. I, I don't think I'm going to get to shoot, though. I, I, that just the, the timing is off. So if you guys maybe could, you know, sneak well, off oh, or I something. Wanna I want to see Vince. Know. I want to see Vince. Uh, we'll tell him we won't compete. Let it, let Vince just go out there. I want to see him go out there with that shotgun and. And try and shoot something. It's I don't think he can. It's a it's a home defense well, eighteen well, inch pump shotgun. Uh, it's not going to be much good. It, he needs to understand what he bought. Well, he knows what he bought. Okay. It's a home defense gun. Okay. I don't think he's going to go shoot sporting. Well, if he, I don't know, he might be listening. We had some other people show up with full turkey chokes before. I remember the first year they had. Uh, uh, sheriff Bob White had his uh, back in the day had his sheriff shoot out there, and all these deputies showed up, and they all have like you know nine shot Mossberg uh, <laughs> shotguns pumps out there. They just brought their you know their duty rifles. Yeah, they're right. They're gun. I know this gun. It's like, dude, how many rounds are you gonna put in that thing, man? To shoot at these things, and they had a blast, of course. But anyway. Uh, hey, listen, I wanted to ask you about this one, Bill George, because what is going on with Pennsylvania? I got, I got all these weird stories coming out of Pennsylvania this year. Is it the snow? Is it the weirdness? I mean, uh, they did a traffic stop this past week. Authorities suspected the driver being under the influence, but never guessed what he uh, what she had in the back of her car when they stopped her. She had a, a live, live deer back there. She did? Yes, she did. <laughs> she did. Yeah, the uh, the uh, officer suspected that maybe she might be under the influence, so they approached the uh, driver's side window of the hatchback. Upon closer inspection, they realized that there was actually a third passenger in the vehicle. It had four legs, and it was a whitetail and still very much alive. Was she trying to save it? <laughs> I don't. She said that she had struck the deer earlier in their vehicle, thinking that it was dead. Uh, they explained that they decided to put it in the back of the car. Unfortunately, for their vehicle's sake, the police pulled them over before the deer was able to uh, reenact the whole scene from Tommy Boy. Oh, you yeah. Remember that no. one? It, no, they will come back to life. People don't realize that. You you knock them out, they're, they get a concussion, kind of like a football player. Yep. And then next thing you know, you got it in the back. In this particular case, uh, you know. <laughs> Hatchback. <laughs> uh, it says the, the two officers uh, had the 21-year-old passenger release the live deer from the vehicle, and after what looked like a couple of minutes to psych himself up, um, and uh, the man uh, gathered from injuries from the frailing deer in his arms and carried it across the street and off camera. There's no word whether the deer survived or whether the wildlife officers planned to euthanize it. Drivers took the 19-year-old woman in custody as part of a DUI investigation. Uh, police thoughtfully uploaded the dash cam footage up on YouTube, so if you'd like to see it, <laughs> you can give it a watch. Um, you can see the video of them removing the deer, the deer out of the car, 
and uh, setting it over on the side of the road. I I had a a uh, Louisiana uncle who had experienced that same thing. He had thought he'd shot it and killed it, but apparently he didn't make a very good shot on it. And when he opened the trunk of the car to remove the deer, all he heard was, Aah! and it came leaping out and knocked him over and stepped on him a couple times and off in the woods it went. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I don't I don't know what's that. We're we're watching the video as we speak, or yeah. Bill is. Well, I I turned around. I did shoot a hog one time. I hit it, knocked it down, thought it was dead. Turned around, went out, and I don't even know why, but I, I because I left it there. I I tied it, grabbed, tied my rope to a leg, tied it to a tree, went and was trying to put other, you know, pigs towards my dad. When we came back, that pig tried getting up and going, and I mean, he was. He had been knocked out. Turned out that bullet, 300 wind mag, went through his shoulder, went through his neck, broke the back of the skull, and the bullet was actually in the skull. So it just knocked him out. Was in the brain. Because when it, he was such a big pig that I, I saved the skull, and when I when it turned around and processed just down to the bone, there was a bullet rattling around in his brain. And he still tried to get up and bite me. I flipped on with a three, uh, 260 grain Federal Fusion out of my 454 casual. Literally went, he was head on, shot him right between the eyes. He went up in the air, did a complete somersault, and landed in on the ground the same way that he was walking when he came towards me. And when I was on the phone texting my brother what I had shot, all of a sudden the sucker decided to try to get up. Yeah. And I was like, what in the... Are you kidding me? So I had to let that thing roar again. <laughs> and uh, after that, after the second shot, of course, Bart's like texting me going, what in the hell are you shooting over there, man? What's going on over there? I'm like, this sucker tried to get up on me, man. Yeah. And they're not happy. And he was not happy. All right, taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Forrest. Hey there, we'll be right Hold on. Heating and Cooling is a locally owned and operated full-service residential and commercial heating and cooling company in Brandon. They specialize in giving the best options to all their customers and send highly trained technicians to your home or business. Not salespeople. Ace wants to build long-lasting relationships and bring reliable service to every customer. Get your AC or heating done right the first time and every time from your friends at Ace Heating and Cooling. Schedule your service today at brandonac.net. Hunting never stops in Florida, so you need to make Al's Wild Meat in Riverview your full-time, full-service deer and hog processor. Al's Wild Meats will custom-cut your game any way you like it, including a variety of sausage options, like traditional ground breakfast, link, or smoked, plus some of the best jalapeno cheddar summer sausage, snack sticks, and deer bacon on the planet. Al and his wife, Christine, pride themselves in making sure you're getting your own harvest back just the way you want it, and always vacuum-sealed, labeled, frozen, and back in your freezer fast. Al's Wild Meat, right off I-75 on Simmons Ranch Court in Riverview, on Facebook or online. 
alswildmeatprocessing.com. Your good times and high scores are waiting for you and your family at Doc and Pies Arcade Factory.com. Doc and Pies are all brand new arcade machines of every type. Stand up, tabletop, and cocktail. Plus, built right here in Florida. Arcade machines with either 60 or 412 games. Or how about the brand new DocBox 3000 console with 3000 games? All with state-of-the-art electronics, two-year warranty, and free support for the life of your arcade machine. Always free delivery, so don't wait. Order yours today at DocAndPiesArcadeFactory.com. Welcome in, everybody. It's a Big and Wild Outdoors. Brady Gunn, Bill George, KT, hanging out with you. Uh, I saw Shriner make an appearance. Did he go back home? Was he, he was back in nappy time? He, yeah, he, he. I think he's having one of those mornings where he's just got to, you know, get, take, takes a while to get going, you know? Well, gotta, you know, he, I, I, I listened to his show during the week, and uh, it was amazing uh, how much... He was out, man. I, he's got to be worn out. I mean, it's going to take him a week to recover after uh, his Santa Claus appearances all the way hey, up until that's three, an, New uh, Year's, the man. The home show, man. He was uh, he was doing his thing this week, so so kudos to Shriner. I'm telling you, man. He was, you know, Mr. Uh, Santa Claus all over the place, so it'd be like, I need a week off. I just want to <laughs> relax. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn hanging out with you with uh, Bill George. Vince is uh, home um, with his negative test. It's all good. That's that's a good thing. He stayed home as a precaution because somebody at work, you know, and and, and did, did, did his thing, which we have no problem which, with. When you need to, if you got people who are sick and you know are sick, and that just don't go around a bunch of other people. Well, that's. Well, that's I'm a, sorry. That's a, is that the same advice that your mother gave you since when, I don't know the world started turning? Flu, cold. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Exactly. It's, I mean, that was just the normal procedure, so it's not like it's something out of the norm. If you're not feeling good, stay home. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to bring up the the COVID thing, and this kind of leads into this. Um, there was a story that came out by uh, Nature. And, you know, we talked about it here on the show, how they have tested and found uh, COVID in whitetails. And if you remember, some states were actually telling hunters to – Take all the precautions that you could when you were cleaning your whitetail. I think Wisconsin was one of them. What about Pennsylvania? Was your boys up there doing that? Uh, Michigan uh, released something where, you know, take your time, uh, wear a mask, uh, you know, no, take take I all your precautions. I never heard any of that. Well, anyway, there were states that were issuing things out there for humans because they had been detected in deer. Well, the story that came out with Nature I just wanted to kind of go because I found it on two different places. And it's amazing the politics that is now involved in this whole COVID thing. I mean, it's not like we don't know that already. But even when it comes to this one, this is how one story, I think it was Audacity, that actually uh, worded it this way. COVID-19 is now being passed from humans to white-tailed deer population in a number of states. According to recent studies published in Nature, last outlined how scientists in Ohio found at least six occurrences of humans spreading the coronavirus to the local white-tailed deer population by swabbing the nostrils of the animals. <clears throat> First yeah. off, I want to know how in the world that happened. 
unless it was on a farm or a ranch or someplace where they were captive deer. I don't know of anybody who runs around out in the woods and gets the opportunity to get up close enough to a whitetail. You mean to, within six feet? Yeah. You without know, a mask? Without a mask and, you know, and spread it to the, the, the creatures. Listen, if you start testing everything in the world, you, you may find that you have telephone receivers that have COVID. <laughs> uh, you well, may, you may find it's been doorknobs ba- it's been that on, have COVID. It's been on the back of a Lysol can since uh, they first came out. So it's not like it's something new. It's something that's been around for a while. But to continue, the outbreak appears to be widespread, according to the evidence in that state, as well as in Iowa, where tissue from roadkill was tested. The nation's free-range deer population is around 30 million, and the virus could have a huge impact on the species if it continues to spread freely. Part of the risk is from the possibility of the virus mutating in deer and creating a new variant as well as a chance that variants that may seemingly dissipated to recirculate again later. Now, this is what this woman from Pennsylvania State University said to NBC. The sheer possibility that these things are happening and it's unknown makes it very unsettling. The unknown is unsettling. We could be caught by surprise with a complete different uh, with a completely different variant. And then of course way down in the bottom of the story is so far there's been no incidents discovering of covid passing in the other direction from deer to human, but it doesn't mean it's not impossible. I just I'm still caught on how you're getting that close to a wild deer. <laughs> She goes on to continue, whenever the virus jumps from a different species, it could lead to adaptation, meaning it's important to bring the virus under control. If we let the virus continue to circulate among humans, uh uh-oh, now we're getting to the point. If we continue to let it circulate among humans, we're not only endangering the vulnerable sector of the population, but we could also be putting our animals and the environment in danger. Let's go reduce the population. Now, Make it harder to transmit. That was the story that came from this obviously left-leaning type individual, you know, where it's going to not only just kill human beings and deer, but also it's going to destroy the world in her view. Okay. In the other story. The flip side. And another story, the other flip side of it from a different website whatsoever says, a newly released study suggests that white-tailed deers are highly susceptible to the coronavirus and it could be pose prolonged problems amid the pandemic. Samples taken from, a little, little further detail, 360 white-tailed deer across nine different areas in northeast Ohio earlier last year found six instances in which a strain of the virus was transmitted to one of the animals from humans, experts said in the study that was shared on nature.com. Each of the samples were taken between January and uh, during the massive surge that was happening in the United States. The research found that about a third of the deer that were sampled had either been infected recently by a strain of the virus or were dealing with an active case of the virus. And our findings that were whitetail were frequently infected, frequently infected with sars COVID-2 raises profound questions about the future trajectory, the study says. 
The potential establishment of a new reservoir virus in white-tailed deer could open new pathways of evolution, transmitting to other wildlife species, and potentially backspill the novel variants to humans that our immune systems have not seen before. The cases include probable, now here's the important, probable deer-to-deer transmission. Doesn't say anything about human. And the experts noted there weren't any instances of spillback to humans detected during the study. They left that out of the other one. But in this one, it's a little further into it. Experts in the country are reporting unnatural migration of, of some deer, so it might spread to other areas. Now, this is going to give a whole new definition to herd immunity. <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got, where'd you get it? I got well, it from a herd of deer. Yeah. <laughs> I got it out there, so uh, we're all good. Now, we've had it in house cats. We've had it. In deer, Dogs. many, many different species. To think you're going to turn around and enforce a, a, a shot upon a person because you think it's going to help you get to herd immunity, it, it's going to be all over the place. Yeah. I, I just, you know, the, the study that, that was talking about this, the, the but, I just found it fascinating how one literally goes on to the gloom and doom and the death and destruction of everything that's living on the planet. And the other one's like, here's what the study yep. says. Here's what it is. And it hasn't been gone from deer to human yet. This, so this, we're, 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 we're speculating on everything. This is the part that gets me. We say we're completely overwhelmed. We don't have enough resources. We don't have this. We don't have this. We don't have that. How do we have time to go test deer? <laughs> I don't know. How do we have time? You know. I, I don't how think do you, they, how I, do you have the time, the resources, the kits, the this, the that? Why would you need to go test a bunch of deer? I I guess maybe uh, they were testing them maybe for C uh, CWD or something, and oh, uh, just says while we're at a COVID test. Yeah, sure. Let's just you know see if they got COVID by the, at the same time. Let's just check it out because obviously 360 deer that they had taken across all these states, um, most of them, the vast majority of which were in. Ohio. Deer farms in Ohio. Well, you know, if one gets it, just pretty much everybody else in the uh, herd is going to get it as well. If it doesn't have the natural way to get away from each other and, uh, you know, during the rut, you know, chase around, do whatever, and do their own separate ways. Why are you rubbing your forehead? Like I'm, you just, I'm just you thinking about which shot gonna... am I going to give them? Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> what? What? How many do you give it? The kids' dosage, or do you give it the full adult vote dosage? I don't know. I, I guess in these, some places, uh, some of these deer farms have deer. They're worth big money. Yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands of or do dollars. Or you just give it? I remember. Yeah, you could. I'm sure they would probably give it out of a metric. He took the words right out of my mouth. I was Is that say, what you were going to say? Yeah, the you, the horse stuff, you know? I mean, it's deer, not horse deer, stuff. It's not horse stuff. So, it's used in horses, yes, and it's used in other things, but it's, it's also- it's used in people. It's used in sure. people. So deer and, and horses, pretty pretty similar makeup, right? I mean, pretty pretty close to the same weight, they, you know? They, it might work. I mean, I'm deer the deer and horse are not any. I don't know where you grew up, but here in Florida, deer and well, horse deer are not in the same league. I'm not forgetting. I mean, deer, they're, deer they're omnivores, and uh, they're herd animals. Yeah, you yeah, can give but, them that. But, but uh, size wise, size wise, and of course, you know, deer chew cuds and stuff like that. Horses don't. So, so you all have much smaller deer here, right? <clears throat> Correct. Well, they're only small because of their mineral. Yes. 
actually our deer are almost the same on average is the same in South Texas. Where you have okay. those big monsters that are killed, the only difference is the mineral content. Because I've heard that Kentucky has some of the bigger deer, like yeah, in the region. They're, they're big yeah. fatties. Right. That's that's what I've heard. They got to put on weight, man. Do, so. you, do you go out in the morning in Florida and put on a uh, a a dove or a goose down jacket when you go walk around in this temperature? Never. Well, why would a deer? Right. They they don't yeah. have it. They don't have any reason to pack on all that weight and all that all that fat to get out there to uh to make it through the winter time. They just don't need to do it. And that's not just deer. That's hogs and everything else too. So it's a little different. I mean, it's 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 a totally different critter. But anyway, I'm sure that ivermectin will probably be induced. But then we might have to say it works. And, well, we know it works. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I have people with lots of people with proof of that. So it's no big deal. As a matter of fact, I thought it was very interesting that you have to go through all the hoops and everything else to get uh, hydrochloroquine or ivermectin or anything like that here in the United States. You go across the border and you can walk into any drugstore and go, can I get two boxes of that hydrochloroquine and uh, two boxes of that ivermectin right there? Thank you. Here's your six bucks. Bye-bye. Just right there on the shelf, just like Anison or anything else. It's has, right there. Has has it become more available in the feed stores now? Uh, yeah, it is. It has. It's uh, we don't have to keep it behind the counter anymore, and all that kind of good stuff. It's there's the rush is is pretty the much over. over. It's pretty much over for the ivermectin. Even when uh, you know the Omicron variant uh, kicked back up, people are like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll we'll see. No, 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 no problems, no worries. Well, speaking of invasive species, I wanted to bring this up too. That now there's a new study out where people are starting to panic in the Carolinas because they have a new invader that they have not seen in a while. Can you guess what it might be? It's not iguanas. It's no not pythons. No, it 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 have to be uh, wild pigs. No, actually, it's not. I, uh, you would assume that it would be pigs, but it's armadillos. <gasps> the armadillos. They're Possum worried on the half because shell. of armadillos? Yes. And you know why? Leprosy. You know, you know, you know why you're seeing more of them? Come on, Bill George. Coyote population is down? No. Come on, man. What is the root cause of every evil on the planet? Human pets being released? Global warming, dude. Oh, global warming. God, where is your mind at, man? It's climate change. It's craziness, man. I thought they were burning holes in the earth, letting the heat out. <laughs> Getting out of that cooler earth? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. No, we'll, we'll tell you all about when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. continues to build and enhance the Precision Hunter line of ammunition with an array of new loads that feature the revolutionary ELDX bullet with heat shield tip. Precision Hunter is one of the most successful ammo launches we've had. The original mission of Precision Hunter ammunition was for you to be able to extend your range. It was extremely successful, and you guys have spoken. The new Precision Hunter loads include the 25-06 Remington, 257 Weatherby Mag, 6.5 PRC, 270 WSM, 280 Ackley Improved, 7 millimeter WSM, 338 Win Mag, and the 338 Lapua. 
Precision Hunter is factory-loaded, truly match-accurate ammunition with Doppler radar-verified best-in-class BCs, featuring excellent conventional range performance as well as the best extended range terminal performance available. Precision Hunter ammunition. Extend your range and never compromise at any distance. Sportsman's Alliance. Our heritage, our fight. Protecting hunting from coast to coast. Did you know hunters and target shooters have paid $6.8 billion in excise taxes since the inception of the Pittman-Robertson Act of 1937? This was a self-imposed tax by sportsmen to fund direct conservation efforts across the country. Just another fun fact showing how sportsmen and women are helping make a difference. Did you know the biggest Ford truck dealer in the entire southeastern United States is right here, close to you? Which dealership? The answer shouldn't surprise you. Brandon Ford is the largest volume F-Series truck dealer in the southeast, and the numbers don't lie. Brandon Ford sells more F-150s, more Super Duties, more lifted trucks, 4x4s, and diesels. And when a dealership sells more, there's always a reason, like the guaranteed lowest Ford truck prices, or one of the largest Ford truck inventories in America, with over 500 trucks available and on sale, or their award-winning sales team with years of experience who knows these trucks inside and out. Every day when businesses or customers need a truck, they choose Brandon Ford because Brandon Ford stocks more, sells more, and sells for less. So when you're ready for a truck, come see us at Highway 60 and 301 in Tampa, the largest volume Ford F-Series dealer in the entire southeastern United States, 24-7 at BrandonFord.com. If you want to pay less for a Ford truck, that's our business. Welcome back, everybody. Make them all fast cast. Here we go. It's going to be a pretty good day today out there. It's going to be in the high 70s. It's going to be nice, especially in the shade. Water temperature is still kind of chilly. Uh, it got cold enough this past week or weekend, earlier in the week, where my son was like, not going in the water, which is kind of rare because there was a lot of fish. <laughs> and he, he uh, took up fishing instead of spear fishing. I don't want to get in there, Dad. I want freezing cold. So uh, go out there if you're a visitor, enjoy your day, because I'm sure the water is just perfect. It's probably at least five, eight degrees warmer than Lake Michigan. So it's all good. In the summertime. You know, you know, in the summertime. In the yeah. summertime, yeah. So it's all good. Uh, it's going to be nice tonight. Not too much of a chance for rain until tomorrow. It's going to be in the 80s, and then there's supposed to be another kind of push for the front coming through, another one coming down. So starting next week, our highs are all going to be in the 70s and 60s. So it's going to be a great week coming up. Um, it's going to be a good time for Carlos to get back out in the woods, put some of those walnuts out there, get out there, maybe get that cold snap happening where the metabolism of those squirrels kind of change and they might make, make them trick that they need to put on a little bit of weight. So just in time for the uh, big squirrel event yeah. coming up in February. You got basically a month to fatten those suckers up, man. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, corn ain't going to do it. Don't give let, them corn. I'd turn around. Just keeping them coming to the same place. I mean, the the acorn crop, the hickory crop, we have tons of, of mast out there in the woods. Well, right you got to you gotta get those high-fat ones. You got to get those uh, things that they like uh, that are fat and good, not just lollipops, golden kernels of sugar. That they're going to get out there and enjoy. What? 
It's a hot food, man. Gosh, it's not good for your critters. They just eat the, the they just eat the very end of the kernel and well, throw the true. rest back. It, that, it is amazing if you sit there and watch them that they 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 pick up a kernel, they eat the end, and they drop it back. Yeah, uh, if you uh, go to the uh, can at digandwild.com and go check out the deer feeder there, uh, right now we have a, a bunch of does that are in there enjoying gulping down a bunch of corn. But during the daytime, during the mid-morning, uh, early afternoon, uh, the birds will show up and the squirrels will show up, and you'll see that they do that very thing. They just nibble the little white tender piece off and then throw it back down. <laughs> it's, that's all I wanted, and I'm done. Look at these youngsters, man. There's yeah. some youngsters in there. There's a lot of one, two, three, four. What do we got? Four, four or five does up there eating right now. Good-looking critters. They're not showing very many signs of COVID, so mm. that's a good thing, I guess. Good thing. Before the break, we were talking about the invasion of armadillos into the Carolinas. It's uh, becoming out where they're showing up not only in the woods. You know, they're okay as long as they're out in the woods. You know, leave them out in the woods. But now, where do armadillos like to go to? What do they really like to go and they like to get in there? They used to like to burrow right around my back stoop. Yes, exactly. Nice manicured lawns with beautiful flower gardens and things like that with lots of bulbs and worms and a healthy lawn that they just want to get out there and just enjoy. So now they're seeing more and more of them that are happening. And they say the reason why that they're seeing... More of the animals surfacing around the area is because of <clears throat> global warming. Global warming. Global warming. Because, um, you know, with the warmer temperatures, they can get up into the colder regions because it's not as cold. See? Now, is it making sense to you? No. Southern reported, uh, Southern Living reported that up until today, there's been no concrete scientific explanation as to why the armadillos moved from south to northern parts of the United States. However, the movement of the animals could be pointed to the imminent, imminent, imminent changing of the planet's climate. <clears throat> A professor up at Clemson University said that climate change could be among the drivers of the armadillo's northward movements. However, it may not be, I love this, however, it may not be the leading cause of the migration. Well, you just said one thing and now you're saying another. No, it could have some impact. I mean, according to the experts, urbanization may have led to the impact of the natural habitats of the armadillo, pushing them to flee from their homes and migrate to the north. So, in other words... When you build a bunch of houses where there used to be armadillos, guess what's still going to be there? Armadillos. Armadillos. Till you get out there with that twenty-two and zippity doo dah a couple of them, leave them out for the coyotes. It's well, all good. I tell you one thing. That one year I had one back at my old house, and he would burrow and dig all around the back porch, and it would just drive you crazy. You walk out, you're turning your ankles and everything in these holes. And he had no hole right there. He was coming probably 150 yards to come dig at my house. And I, at one point, I got so frustrated, I woke up every hour. I set alarm for every single hour. And it took me a couple nights, but eventually I found him and I got him. I had a salesman here at the uh, radio station years ago who, uh, you know, then no, no, no one needs a hunter till they need a hunter. And it was like, hey, Braden. 
I got this armadillo problem at the house. This sucker keeps digging up my backyard, doing all this stuff. What can I do? I go, shoot it. And he's like, well, I just can't. What, what do you mean shoot it? I go, shoot it. Shoot it. Kill it. Throw it in the garbage can and uh, do your thing. If you want to be uh, a naturalist about it, go bury it somewhere in the backyard, one of the holes that it dug, and put it back in the ground. If you feel guilty about throwing it in the incinerator and turning it into electricity, then go bury it in the backyard. Well, I can't do that. Do I need a license for that? It's an invasive species. You don't need to. Go out there, zippity do not kill it, and you're done. End of story. Okay, I'll work on it. So he comes back about a week later. Okay, so my wife made me go buy this uh, trap thing, this have a heart trappy thing out there, and it's been sitting out there in the week. What are you going to do? Put that thing somewhere else? (laughs) You're going to take your problem, go somewhere, oh, let me go put it somewhere else, (laughs) and it's going to be a problem somewhere else. Well, the, the funny thing was is that he gave it a week. He says, my wife made me buy a trap. She didn't want me to shoot it. Okay, he said, literally, I have had the trap out there for a week and a half. And you know what I've caught in there? Two cats. I've caught a different cat every single night. Yeah. Every single night I'm catching a cat. I don't what catch do you your armadillo. The, what do he put in for bait? That's what I said. I said, what are you putting in there for? that's going to attract an armadillo? You know, they're, they're grub eaters. They eat uh, tubes. They eat, uh, you know, roots and things like that. What are you putting in there? He goes, well, I put some cat food in there the first night, and then uh, <laughs> the cats didn't. Uh, I caught a cat, so I went, okay, I'm going to change it out. So I asked a neighbor, and he said, put some sardines in there. <laughs> and he caught a cat. And so he said, well, so then uh, the guy said, well, I thought you were trying to catch a raccoon, and that's what you use for raccoons. He goes, no, no, it's an armadillo. And he said, well, why don't you just shoot it? And he goes, my wife won't let me shoot it. And he said, well, I don't know. Put some vegetables in there. This, so he this. tried veggies and all that stuff, but with the smell of the fishy stuff still in there, he kept catching cats. <laughs> so eventually he's like. This, this is what I've been suggested. Go buy some bull panel. Cut off where you have uh, just like a foot of height. And then you leave the, the one set where you can stick it in the ground and you can actually make a chute that will funnel that armadillo towards the open end of the trap. That's the best advice I've heard versus any bait. When any, it comes anything. to a trap? When it comes to trying to trap an armadillo, you turn around and do that. Now, if you turn around and you put that armadillo in somebody's mailbox, when they open it up, That's he will not- jump out. <laughs> Yeah, yes, he will. Uh, but now, so after about two weeks of, of the trap uh, fiasco that he tried in the backyard, he finally said, I convinced my wife that I'm going to go ahead and shoot it, so I need a gun. And I said, don't you have a gun? He says, I don't have a gun. And I said, well, what gun do you want? I mean, do you want a loud gun? Do you want a soft gun? Do you want a quiet gun? What do you want to do? And he says, well, I got neighbors, and I don't want to be out there you know, blasting in the backyard. So I loaned him my Beeman P1 mag pellet pellet pistol, and I said, now you got to stay up. You have to hit him, uh, you know, in the right spot. You know, you have to shoot him in the head or something like that and, and get up there, but you can kill him, but your neighbors won't know it. So it took him, like you said, staying up late at night, and he finally got it, caught it, cornered it, and, and dispatched the said armadillo, and it was the end of the story. I said... John, why didn't you just do that at the beginning and we wouldn't have to go through all this crap? He's like, well, you know, wife didn't want me shooting, didn't want me to kill it. You know, let it go. Go let it go somewhere else. 
And uh, so anyway, well, my- you have to you have to make sure if you're going to let any type of wildlife go. You just can't, even a, a raccoon, anything, you can't just go dump a raccoon somewhere you don't have permission to dump it. No, and that's, that's against the law. And that's one of the reasons why there is such a large raccoon population at Fort DeSoto is because all these people who live in Pinellas County in the city areas and all these areas, where was the only wild place that was close to the house that they could go let it go? Well, they go down to Fort DeSoto and they would go down there and let it go. And they'd let all these raccoons go. And there was a bunch of other raccoons, so they'd be happy together. Oh, sure. They're all happy together, making babies and uh, eating into coolers and doing all those other wonderful raccoony things. But now, of course, now that they're in a park, <laughs> they're untouchable. You know, you can't really go out there and zippity doo dah them during raccoon season or anything like that. But if he gets his feet wet. If he gets his feet wet, then he's fair game. Which brings me to the next story. A pack of wolves killed a cow out in Colorado as the first attack on livestock in over 70 years. The Cattlemen's Association said that the 500-pound heifer was found dead, having been attacked and eaten. Uh, it's the first lone wolf uh, since the it's the first since the first lone wolf took up resident in the state in 2019, and a bill was passed that would see wolves reintroduced in the state. Then the breeding pack has been established. Now, now they're eating on uh, some cattle. The story continues when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. I'm sure you heard the news. Social media sites are cracking down on private firearm sales. So if you're looking to sell or buy a new or used gun or even looking to trade, do it the right way and head over to Deer Hunter Guns. Dan and his crew will give you top dollar for your used firearm, plus give you the best trade-in value if you're looking to upgrade. Deer Hunter Guns is doing it the legal way and can help you find what you're looking for. Or take that used rifle, pistol, or shotgun off your hands the legal way so you have peace of mind. Knowing your firearm isn't going to a complete stranger. Go sell your firearms to your friends at Deer Hunter Guns. Stop by today and get the best deal. 2797 Gulf to Bay Boulevard, across from the original Hooters. DeerHunterGuns.com Safety up, sit down, and hang on. There's no better place for your next ATV adventure than Bone Valley. With over 200 acres of twists and turns, that's a one-of-a-kind ATV experience, and eight miles of trails, a hill climb, an open play area, and picnic areas. Located at 10427 County Road 630 West in Mulberry, hours are Friday through Monday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. State law requires ATVs be registered prior to riding on public property. Riders under 16 are required to take a rider's education class for fees and hours. Check out BoneValleyATV.com. Now that you've decided to jump into the boating lifestyle, do yourself a favor and check out the CCA line of Ridged rib boats. Each CCA boat is built with lightweight, high end Hippolon materials made to take the punishment of salt or fresh water. Another great advantage of the CCA Ridged Rib is their lightweight, which means less hull friction, more power, and increased fuel economy. They're tough, light, rugged, ridged hull inflatable boats that are easy to customize, require less motor, and far more portable. You can build your own CCA today at CCAboats.com.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Bringing on Bill George and Casey hanging out with you this morning on a Saturday morning. We had a caller during the break. Bailey, thank you so much for your suggestion. He said that if you're going to be uh, putting a trap out there for armadillos that he uses and been successful with pineapple. Boy, I've got pineapple. Line, but I'm not going to use it. Oh, there's Steve Austin. <clears throat> Still with no voice. Still no voice? No, I've had it for a month. I told you to go easy on those operatic sessions that you do in the shower, man. You got to quit hitting those I high wish notes. That's what it was. It's just crud that's going around. And I've had two COVID tests, and both of them negative, and my granddaughter's got it. Well, it is the cold and flu season as well, so yeah. it's it's. Uh, and I know. had a flu shot. Oh, but now, so we'll just narrow it down to a cold. You know what I did notice this year, though, and I was talking to some other people about it. Every year I get a flu shot because I got one every year. I get sick for a day, feel like crap. You know, run a fever, chills, stay in bed. This year, after taking. Two COVIDs in the booster. I took the flu shot. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I didn't feel bad for one minute. <laughs> Your body was like, you think that's something? Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. My body's going, I don't care about the flu. I don't care anymore. You've it's had three like, COVID shots. You know, and I find it very <clears throat> I find it very uh, disheartening and but somewhat interesting that when I came in with the flu, I came in with a cold, I came into the radio station, Steve Austin, there was no suggestion of a flu shot. His suggestion was what? Uh, call some girl you know? No, what? Dude, go down to the liquor store down oh, yeah. on 4th Street oh, yeah. and get what? Uh, get, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, rock and rye. Rock and rye. With the fruit in it. With the fruit in it. With that fruit to, floating in it. It and, has to be the cordial. And drink a big hefty glass of that with some Coke. Yeah. And, and tell you the truth, I forgot about it because that works. It does. And, you know, it's funny because he said, uh, I said, well, how much of this am I supposed to drink? He says, I'd, I'd put like six shots in there and mix it with some Coke yeah. before to go to bed about and go 50% to sleep. About 50% in a big 16-ounce glass. <laughs> Eight ounces of rock and roll. Go to sleep. He'll sleep like so my baby. This, uh, you know what? You might be sick, but you're going, I don't care. Turn a movie on. Yeah. And you know what? I, uh, I did it. Woke works. up next morning. Boom, bang, done. It works. I don't know what's in it. I don't know what it does, but uh, it that's, works that's fine. That's an old cure, though. And yeah. it was funny because I told Steve, I came back and told him this afterwards. I walked into the store, and I said, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what it's called. I need something. It's called Rock and Ryan. He goes, the guy behind the counter goes, are you sick? And I yeah. went, <laughs> it's got to be the kind I, with the fruit. Though. I go, uh, as a matter of fact, I do. I think I have a cold or a flu or something. He goes, come here, I'll show you. It's right over here. He goes, the only people who come in and buy this are people who are sick. Uh, yeah. And I was like, no, well, Whoever okay. drank Rock and Rye that you know of? I, Nobody. I'd never, I'd heard, never of it. heard of it. And so you told me. But there are different versions of it. But as Steve said, there are different versions. With the which, fruit floating. Yeah, you got to get the one that has that. The, orange that was alive 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't know why. Couldn't tell you. I argued and argued with my cousin about it. I said, I am not drinking that crap because I'm telling you. Just it for, works. Force one glass down, you'll be better tomorrow. And I was. Yep. It's actually sweet. doesn't taste too bad. No, you mix it with Coke. It's like a syrupy. Uh, it's a cordial. You know, it's it's like good a enough, and it's expensive enough, and people like it. Uh, some people do. Yeah. You were saying, Casey. So is it similar to like a hot toddy? 
That's, no, it, I didn't drink that's it hot. What I've, no, I've drank that before. Some ice, whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I did. Uh, Slice of pizza. <laughs> I think I went with the six ounces uh, on some ice and with a little dash of Coke. I watched uh, something and then went to bed, and that was about it. You wake up, up the next morning, sinuses open, the chilling's gone. You it go, was fine. What happened? It was fine. It was great. Do you think any nice. doctor's ever going to prescribe that, though? It's like <laughs> Indian medicine that works. They don't even want to talk about it. If we can't make a billion dollars, forget it. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Although I think a lot of people are starting to learn that, and they're like, oh, so you mean if I just take uh, turmeric and everything that I eat, I will never get this stuff, you know? It's like, yeah, but Pfizer doesn't want you to know that. Moderna doesn't want you to know that. And yeah. they sure as hell don't want you to know about Rock and Rye. But I'll tell you one thing, that's kind of, well, no, I ain't going to get into that. But <laughs> the the, the col- colonial, didn't you have that? Bill, colonial the, silver. Yeah. Yeah. The the antibodies. Oh, antibodies. Yeah. The monoclonal, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had it. Well, now you, now you can't get it in Florida. It's like next to impossible. Because the, the president's decided that it needs to be spread around and that we don't need it all congregated in Florida because he hates our governor. Because we used it. Because we used it and, and it works. Yeah, yeah, and he hates our governor. Yeah, don't want to send anything that works. I guarantee you if our governor tomorrow said, a jar of peanut butter and this will beat this stuff, he'd have peanut butter blocked out of Florida. <laughs> <clears throat> no peanut butter and crackers for you. Uh, you can't have it. Well, uh, before we got interrupted off on the... Uh, Tangent on the other side, uh, we were talking about the fact that uh, Colorado had its first livestock attack since the wolves were reintroduced into the uh, neighboring states. Are you wanting to kill the wolves again? Is this uh, that tangent? It's it's not that. Shoot the bears. It, it, well, bears are okay. Smokey came by the campground. He needs to die. I, I, I think that's okay. Uh, you got to understand that since the uh, the wolves have been there, it's just like anything else. They don't stay there. You know when they were in, when they were introduced into Yosemite and all that kind of stuff like that, they, to expand them and get them out there. They, of course, they looked at it as a beacon of hope for the species in the state. Uh, now they've gotten to be to where so many that they're starting to reduce the number of bison and elk within the Yellowstone and Yosemite and everywhere else like that. So now they're having to make. Some drastic measures on these kinds of things. Do you remember the three or four years ago I brought that picture in where my little cousin, Casey's little brother, killed a wolf in East Tennessee, and he he was telling us for a month, it's a wolf running around here, I see it all the time. He ended up shooting it, and he, he had that thing picked up, and it was above his head, and its feet were on the ground. Yeah, in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Uh, nobody believed him till it was dead in the tailgate. I oh, guarantee. That's pretty you. good evidence. Yeah, pretty good. But now, to go into the next story, hunters have shot and killed twenty of Yellowstone's national park's gray wolves over the past few months. Hunters shot fifteen wolves near the park's northern border in Montana. The other five were killed in Idaho and Wyoming. Park officials say that the wolves' killings are a significant setback for the species' long-term viability for the wolf research. The number yep. of wolves killed this season so far were uh, where the wolves were introduced over 25 years ago. If they found Triceratops in Yellowstone, would you want somebody just, I, you know, I had to kill it. It was a dinosaur. It was walking by me. You got to understand that as long as he's in Yellowstone, he's okay. But when you get out on, uh, you know, Farmer Johnson's uh, place over in Yellowstone, he gets taken to the railroad station. Train station. Whatever. Yeah. 
egg and stinking. So I'm ready for you to go. They're estimating that there's 94 wolves left roaming Yellowstone, and park officials believe that even more will be killed in the coming months if they leave the property. Because once a wolf exits the park and enters the land of the state of Montana, it may be harvested pursuant to the regulations established by the State Wildlife Commission under Montana law. As Bill George will tell you many, many times, it's not against the law. If you get outside the border, it's fair game, man. That's all there is to it. Build a wall. Just because you can, should you. Well, if you're a cattle rancher out there and your livelihood is uh, out there in Montana... Why wouldn't you? Those guys at the Yellowstone Rancher out there, they, they didn't even have any wolves. There was one the other day, and they're like, leave it alone. It's a sacred Indian wolf. The only reason why it's sacred is because someone said so. Yeah, the chief of the tribe. And what does he do? It's like a medicine man. Okay, whatever. We're going to take a break. It's hour number three is coming up. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Push it, Casey. Push it. Push it.